I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. Well, for me, you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports. From Eric, you get the kind of insight you can only get from a guy who's been a top player on the NFL stage. Top-notch quarterback for the Bears, the Lions, and Chargers. He's been there, and he lends his first-hand knowledge to the things you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. Uh, you can count on us. Uh, you can hear us on Radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, and wherever you get your podcasts. The easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website. KramerandBrill.com, and the podcasts are listed on the podcast page, or you can find them right at the top of the home page. Click there, it'll say, you know, um, click here for the latest podcast. Check it out, KramerandBrill.com. You can reach us, by the way, by sending us a, a contact, uh, through our contact page. You can send us an email if you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast. So let me introduce to you my friend and colleague and co-host, Eric Kramer. Week uh, five in the books now, and uh, it's... Um, an interesting week again. <laughs> you know, let's selfishly, the last thing I'd be thinking I would be uh, acknowledging is that the Bears at this point are three and two. I know. I amazing? am depressed. I, you know, and, and I, the last thing I would be acknowledging right now is that the Steelers are one and four. So, you know, join the de- depression uh, mm-hmm. situation here for both of us. You know, um, the same word. <laughs> well, last week it was your Bears quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who went down for several games with an injury. And this week my Steelers' Mason Rudolph was knocked out, uh, just knocked out on the field. Yep. Left the club. concussion. Uh, really looked bad. He was, he was helped off, helped off because the cart that the guys – usually get taken off uh, with was broken was down also yeah so i mean it was really a kind of a tragic day so the steelers uh lose uh, despite three interceptions five sacks and uh and the, by the defense the defense was just great again and I, i'm really happy about that uh rudolph had um, them in a tight game uh when he went out now um I know it's the NFL. It does seem to be we're having more than our share of quarterback injuries this year, despite the protections. Is that right? Um, is that what you think? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't done a little numbers evaluation, but, you know, if you look at the rule changes now, so you can't land with your body weight on a quarterback. You can't, like, if you look back at uh, Clay Matthews last week with the Rams on the hit on Russell Wilson that they called a roughing the pa- passer on, he turned his head away, used his shoulder at the very same time the ball came out of his hands. So where was that roughing the passer penalty? What was the grounds for that? No one knows. So I think the public perception and the perception around the NFL amongst the players is that you can't touch the quarterback. Yet here we go. We got all these quarterbacks starting with Nick Foles, who launched Minshew Mania. Right. And that... Uh, you know, and then you got the two or three Hall of Famers that all went down with Breeze, Ben Roethlisberger, your guy, and then Eli Manning. Uh, and then all these new guys came in, and Kyle Allen's doing well in replace of uh, um, uh, Cam Newton. And even Chase Daniels, for the most part, has done well replacing Trubisky. Uh, but then there's other guys that not due to injury. Luck retires, Sam Donald gets mono, Keenum's ineffective. So, yeah, there is this sort of carousel of changing quarterbacks, some of which are due to injury, yeah. Well, you know, I, I listen to some of the coaches who are talking about the, the fact that uh, on, on the penalties, on the, especially the, the uh, roughing the passer and the pass interference, and they're all saying, we don't know what to teach our guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what is going on here because there's no – it doesn't seem there's to be a standard. No. And, and I think, you know – 
in the off season they're going to ha- obviously have to work on this and and get the, the rules committee and try to figure this out if there's a way to figure it out i'm not sure you can i mean you know it's like let them play football but at the same time you're trying to protect these multi-million dollar players well that's their that's the owner's first and foremost concern mm-hmm. is that they're paying guaranteed over 100 million dollars to these quarterbacks they've got to find a way to protect them because you can't just replace Patrick Mahomes with whoever's up next or Jared Goff. Right. You know, you just can't do it. You know, I, I mean, the Steelers are running into this where, you know, Roethlisberger gets replaced by Mason Rudolph, who is now replaced by Devlin Hodges. Uh, and you have um, Paxton Lynch behind him and Paxton Lynch couldn't make it with Denver, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, it's just this craziness that's going on. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. Like all the rule changes. I don't want to get off this too far, but like you've got, what is a catch? I what, know. What is a fumble? What is, it's just crazy. The technology is almost getting in the way yeah. of the game itself. And I, I think that's what everybody feared when they started going to the first instant replay. And now we're seeing the results of that. And yeah, you want to get it right. And I'm, I'm one of the biggest advocates of um, instant replay because I'm one of those guys that says you have to get it right. Because there's too much at stake for teams, for players, for fans, for sponsors, for everybody. Mm-hmm. You have to get it right. But you're right. I think the technology has gotten in the way. So we'll take a look at what happened, how we did, the waiver wire in this week's games all coming up on Kramer and Brill. Let's take a look at the key injuries first off. And, of course, uh, we had our first coaching casualty. Jake Rudin fired uh, after the Redskins opened with five straight losses. We'll discuss that situation in a little bit, too. As we mentioned, Mason Rudolph, also Sammy Watkins, went out early in KC, re-aggravating a hamstring. So keep an eye on him this week. Also, the Patriots' Philip Dorsett, a hamstring. Tight end James O'Shaughnessy uh, of the Jags is out, uh, a knee there. Uh, here are the questions injuries to watch as you prepare for this week uh, as the week progresses. Christian Kirk, David Johnson, uh, Demir Bird, Robert Foster, Devin Singletary, all uh, on the Bears, both questionable are Trubisky and Taylor Gabriel. Uh, we should know John Ross of the Bengals went on IR. Devontae Adams of the Packers, questionable with a toe injury. Kenny Stills, Paris Campbell, both out. Uh, both uh, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes are questionable, but we expect Mahomes obviously to play. He was back on the field after injuring his ankle. Hunter Henry's out with a knee. Uh, Justin Jackson questionable, as are Brandon Cooks and Rex Burkhardt. Uh, Saquon Barkley still listed as questionable, and the same with Wayne Gallman, who replaced him, but Barkley could be back sooner than expected. We're not sure about this week, and probably not this week because they're playing the Thursday game. Three Raider wideouts are questionable, Williams, Nelson, and Dwayne Harris, Deshaun Jackson, and Darren Sproles. It's uh, fit the same bill on the Steelers, both James Washington and Mason Rudolph are questionable. We don't expect to see Rudolph suit up, at least for the moment. He was back in camp uh, visiting uh, uh, the team on Monday. He was walking around, but uh, they still haven't released him from the concussion protocol. The Niners, Jalen Hurd went on IR. Skins Jordan Reed is out. Vernon Davis questionable with a concussion. I just found out this morning that Jalen Samuels of the Steelers out uh, for a month. He had his knee scoped. And Sam Darnold has been cleared to come back in. So how did we do? For me, I had a pretty good day. Probably my biggest poll of the day, I uh, said, is definitely start Amari Cooper, who would have had a who had a very big day against Packers. I'd say 226 yards, 11 catches, and a touchdown. That's pretty good. Pretty and the right team to have a good day against. Yes, I uh, must uh, say. Uh, we said that was going to be a high-scoring game. And it was. So, uh, I said the Steelers defense is for real. It is. We both said to start the Eagles defense against the Jets. Two touchdowns, two interceptions, ten sacks, and a fumble recovery. <laughs> Enough said there. Uh, we like the Vikings defense with four sacks and an interception. I did not like the Rams, and for good reason, giving up 30. The Bears were down early to the surging Raiders. Bears with an off week, but they almost pulled it off. 
uh, quarterbacks. Uh, I ben asked, did give it away. Yes, and, and and I think the word is give it away. Um, well, the Ra- I'll, I will say this though: the Raiders did earn it. They, that was an impressive drive. You know, to win you, the game. If if you watch a ninety-eight yard drive, John John Gruden was just so you could read his lips on the sideline. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's <laughs> he, you know, he has to be the most entertaining guy. No doubt, uh, as, as a coach. No uh, I asked that uh, you should. Uh, I asked you actually: should I start Wentz or Watson? You said Wentz. Sorry about that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Watson threw for five touchdowns, 28 of 33, 426, and 47 rushing. In our league, I did not start him in my keeper league because we're a little quarterback heavy. Mm. That was good for 72 points. Uh-oh. Yeah, I <laughs> lost by about uh, 20. So <laughs> Wentz had 189 and a touchdown uh, with about a third of the points Watson had in putting 53 on the board. Ouch. Uh, we both really liked Russell Wilson, four touchdown passes, and you liked Teddy Bridgewater again. Yep. I did not. I'm becoming a believer. You're making me one. 314, four well, He's making passes. me one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just shocked. I, I, I'm really, really, and I think you hit it on the head. I think it's Sean Payton uh, that's really, you know, mm-hmm. driving this. And, and, and Bridgewater, you know, he's been around for a while. And he's, he's got been. some skills. He does. He are... had some skills coming out of college. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe the first couple of years you just can't count on some guys. And, you know, it's not like. It used to be it took a quarterback five years to develop before you get in a game. And now it's these guys coming out with the college programs being so NFL-oriented. And they've – well, here's the biggest thing as I see it. They're now – there used to be a big difference between college offense and pro offense. Mm-hmm. Now it's all zone scheme RPO related, which, go, which starts now in high school. So they're running the same offense, high school, college, and pro. Well, you were coaching kids that long ago too. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you doing the same thing? No, nope. no. Nope. But this, but uh, I think back then I can tell you that in coaching quarterbacks and receivers, I used to have a camp on Sundays, and we would run this stuff that they're running now mm-hmm. in that Sunday camp. So you can teach it; you just have to. Especially now because that's where it's all going. Mm-hmm. You know, and even though the NFL will change, it changes from the top down. It seems like sometimes. Uh, Matt Ryan was solid. He had four touchdowns total. Goff with 395. Solid again despite the loss. Uh, I said not to start Minshew, but you liked him, and he was good for 374 and two touches. I liked Brady with 348 and three touchdowns, but not Murray. You chose him all over with 253 and 93 yards rushing and a touchdown. I said Daniel Jones would come down to earth this week, and he did. Uh, 182 and a loss. I felt the Steelers' D would hamper Lamar Jackson, and it did for three interceptions and five sacks, but he did gain 70 on the ground. That uh, helped with the difference in that game. We said stay away from possible Jets starter Luke Falk. Two picks, a fumble, ten sacks, put him in the minus in some leagues. We were mixed on Mariota. Uh, good thing with 183 and no scores. You like Kyle Allen, but not Jameis Winston. Very pedestrian days, and you were up on Josh Allen and Andy Dalton. Both were okay starters in fantasy. Now, the running backs, we did not like Josh Jacobs against the Bears. We figured the Bears were going to stuff him. Uh, he, had, <laughs> he had his best day as a pro. Sorry about that. <laughs> 123 and two touchdowns. I called on Fournette to go for about 60 and a touch. He had 108 and a touch. Delvin Cook and the Vikings. I'm like the better that bets with his emotions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, like everything the Bears in the beginning of the season for me is like they can't lose. They got uh-huh. the best defense. And, you know, I mean, that's just uh, I, I said too much too early. Well, you know, sometimes it happens, uh, you, know, you know, because even when you're looking at the numbers, the analytics, you know, because it's the NFL. You know, you I don't care what the analytics say. The guy goes out and has a great day because somebody else blocked through a good block or something like that. You know, like here's here's a perfect for instance. Great story. My wife needed 20 points to win her game last night on Monday night. 
she had Brita playing. <laughs> first Which, first, where, first yeah, play. He, he, he counted for 20 points in the first play of the game. Yeah. First play of the game, he rose for 83 yards and a touchdown. So there was it came out the, in our league it was like 16 points. Mm. She was she had it. she ended up winning like 15 <laughs> points, you know, and beating a very good team. So it, yeah. it was like one of those things because in that offense you don't expect anybody to rack up 165 individually, but you expect it collectively. So uh, the running backs, yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to Josh Jacobs had his best day as a pro. Leonard Fournette we talked about. Uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, the Vikings, solid with 132 and Cousins throwing more this week. We said the Packers Cowboys game was going to be a high scoring affair. And was uh, you couldn't miss with Aaron Jones four touchdowns, uh, Prescott 463, and of course uh, Cooper. Uh, we already talked about. Uh, we both like Chris Carson with 118. We did not like Le'Veon Bell, but despite only 43 yards uh, rushing, he did have seven catches. Eric thought that Joe Mixon would break out. He did have 93 yards, but he didn't score. James Conner did score and added 44 air yards. We felt Miles Sanders was a good flex and four catches made up for the 15 yards rushing. Uh, we liked Ronald Jones. Jones gave way to Peyton Barber, who had a better day. Uh, we like Zeke Elliott. Zeke who? Uh, Zeke. Oh, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, he he was my number one pick a couple of years ago. I still got him. Uh, we like Zeke Elliott, who uh, really hasn't gotten on track uh, yet. He did score a touchdown and sixty-two yards and a pair of catches. So highest paid guy in the league. A little, yeah, a little better than pedestrian, but uh, not much. We wondered about the running back situation in Chargerland with Melvin Gordon's return. Uh, he was held to just thirty-one yards. You're going to say Melvin who? Uh, in four catches. <laughs> well, Austin Eckler was easily the better start. Uh, only yep. seven yards rushing, but he did catch 15 of 16 targets for 86 yards. And while he failed to score, that was a 22-point day in most leagues. Now, we've been Pretty high on Philip Lindsay in Denver. Yep. 114 yards and a score, four catches, making people outside of Denver believe. Cortland Sutton had a touch on four catches. Wide receivers. We really liked Will Fuller in the past. Career day. 14 catches. Who knew that was going to happen? 217, three touchdowns. Um, we love Michael Thomas, even though... Uh, I was hesitant because of Bridgewater. Yep. Had 11 catches, 182, and a pair of scores. I don't care if you're throwing to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he's, you know. He's Michael Thomas. Now, if I was throwing to him. He's yeah, Michael Thomas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if I was throwing to him, it'd be a lot of over-the-middle looking passes. That's Which about is, as far as I can throw it there. You, you just get it there. He'll do the rest. <laughs> uh, you like DJ Clark. Had an 8 and 164 in a pair. Uh, right on target with Adam Thielen. Uh, you said that you know, this would be this week's Vikings wide receiver mm -hmm. uh, to pull ahead. Seven catches, 130, and two touches. Stephon Diggs, we said, would not get much. Three catches, 44 yards. Now, I liked Randall Cobb as my sentimental pick of the week at Green Bay. He did haul in three of his six targets, 53 yards. That was good for eight points in most PPRs, but not a bad flex play. We certainly like Chris Godwin, and he was solid. Seven and 125 plus two TDs. Allen Robinson, you love. That's seven for, one uh, for 97 and two scores. Tyler Boyd, can't ignore him. Ten for 123. Cooper Cup, we said, was going to have a big day. This is the real guy. Yeah. You know nine, what I mean? Like, nine catches, I'm convinced he's the guy in the NFL. I mean, he, he's something. Hey, he's got a cool name, like I said last week. <laughs> uh, we said it was Edelman and Ridley's turn. And he's for, he wasn't drafted, right? Uh, I don't know. He was, I think he, he was, was undrafted. Yeah. If he was drafted, it was later. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We talked about Edelman and Ridley's turn. We said it was the time for them to pick it up. They both did. Same with D.D. Westbrook, who I said to start. And if you were rewarded seven catches, 180, if you started D.D., get seven catches, 82 yards, solid in the PPR. I also said to at least flex Deontay Johnson. He had five catches but failed to score this week. So here's a late move. 
The Raiders are trading wideout Zay Jones uh, with both Terrell uh, Williams and uh, J.J. Nelson out. Uh, the team needs depth, and the Bills uh, didn't need the speedy Jones, so watch for him late in the week as far as pickups go. Tight ends. Our advice was to play the following. Hooper, Disley, Ingram, Andrews, O'Shaughnessy, Waller, and Sit Walker and McDonald. We were pretty much right on across the board on those guys. Patriots released Ben Watson after he returned from suspension, so uh, that's uh, something to look at or maybe not look at. Uh, he's out of the NFL at the moment. Okay, surprises and disappointments. What are you thinking? Well, surprises, I you know, Bridgewater, I was surprised how quickly he went from game manager to now putting his skills on display, and it looked like Drew Brees is back throwing the ball. So I think I like Bridgewater going forward. Minshew obviously got untracked, and I can't. He, as a rookie, to come in and done, have done what he's done so far, and I think will continue to do is impressive. Prescott had another great game. Uh, the 49ers are going off. It's like watching Kyle Shanahan be Mike Shanahan, because when I played, Mike Shanahan went from coordinator from the 49ers and Steve Young and that whole thing in '94, and then he goes to the Broncos. Does the same thing with Elway. And uh, and so in that zone running game, it's like watching the same old. That's a fun Shanahan. team to watch. Yeah, they're you great. Know, I mean, normally I'm I'm not a big fan of watching San Francisco games, you know, but I, it, I watched them Monday night, and it was just a fun team to watch. Uh, irrespectful of the fact that my wife had had a, had a key guy in the game. Uh, Who runs and, reverses? In the NFL, they're tied in. I know. The 49ers, <laughs> that's who. I, I mean, Kittles is just unreal. I yeah. mean, he turns the quarter, man. And he's and, fun and to watch. He's a load. And they're, they're whole, yeah, you got it. Their offense is great. Their defense is fun to watch. Uh, so, and then Mahomes is playing great. And, and how good are the Chiefs going to be now that McCall, Hardman, and um, what's it, Robinson have right. gotten some experience? Yeah. Now Tyree Hill is, what, a week or two maybe away mm. from coming back? And then, um, you know, Darren Waller has opened my eyes at tight end this week, especially against the Raiders or against the Bears. Um, Deshaun Watson is still doing what he does. And uh, Cooper Cup, man, I mean, I'm, I am sold on him now yeah, as being he, one of the top receivers really in the league. Good. And then Dalvin Cook, as long as the two games a year they play the, the Bears, I wouldn't take Dalvin Cook. Every other game, I'd start him. You know, and they've pushed Robert Woods down. Uh, Woods has just, like, become the third receiver, which is it's a pretty doggone good third receiver. Pretty good, and I wouldn't say he'll be the third guy for the entire year. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's too good not to become a top target for several weeks in a row, possibly. Take, uh, take a look at the trending right now. Uh, trending up this week are Gerald Everett, Darren Fells, Will Fuller, Chris Godwin, Alan Robinson, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Kiki Kute, uh, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Carlos Hyde, Peyton Barber, Deshaun Watson, Terry, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Murley, uh, Kyler Murray, and Kirk Cousins. Trending down this week, Delaney Walker, O.J. Howard, Robert Woods, Chris Thompson, Mason Rudolph, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, um, Baker Mayfield, and Odell Beckham. So let's go to the waiver wire, the players uh, you should look at this week. Uh, Devlin Hodges, the backup to Mason Rudolph, and... Uh, he, lost, he set a lot of college records. Came in, he was 7 of 9 for 68 yards. If Rudolph is out, he's going to start. 
for the Steelers. Paxton Lynch is number three in the fold. They don't expect him to do anything. Uh, in Carolina, Reggie Bonifant is the uh, backup to Christian McCaffrey, who went out with a calf injury. Who? Reggie Bonifant. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, where did that name come from? But he broke a 59-yarder in relief. Uh, he'll be a hot pickup this week, especially if McCaffrey is limited in practice. Uh, look at Chase Edmonds in Arizona, uh, who relieved David Johnson and gained 86 yards. Johnson is having back issues. Uh, Jonathan Hilleman and Elijah Penny for the Giants, who back up Gallman, who went out with a concussion. Hilleman looks like the better play here. Uh, they play Thursday night, so it's a short week for Gallman, and we mentioned the fact that uh, they're talking about uh, Saquon Barkley, but it being a short week, I think they're going to give him another week. Mm. Tariq Cohen may be getting an expanded role in Chicago. Peyton Barber is readily available, and Duke Johnson carried more for Houston, so he may be getting the expanded role. Kenyon Drake may be worth a look in Miami receivers. Take a look at Will Fuller. If he's out there, if so, he'll go quickly. Cortland Sutton is certainly worth a look as R.D.D. Westbrook, Duke Williams in Buffalo. Alden Tate in Cincinnati really showed up. And remember, John Ross is on IR, so expect more targets for him. Kiki Kuti in Houston. Uh, they like Johnny Holton in Pittsburgh. And now that Washington went down with an injury, he may get some targets. Busy Johnson had more. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Busy? Let's say you did. Oh, good. Busy Johnson has more targets for the Vikings than Stephon Diggs did. So look at him. With Sammy Watkins going down in KC, Byron Pringle stepped up with six catches, 103 yards, and a score with McCall Hardman. Uh, he caught four for 79. Tight ends. Renewed interest in Gerald Everett. Darryl Fells, or Darren Fells in Houston caught a pair of scores, so he'll get some interest. Also, Jeff Swaim in Carolina after O'Shaughnessy came back on crutches. Uh, Chris Herndon is coming off suspension with the Jets, so look for him. Defense this week to check out are the Ravens uh, because and only because they play Cincinnati, and the Cowboys because they face the hapless Jets. This is our third bye week, so the missing from the action this week are Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, Oakland Raiders. You have so why are we even doing a show if the Bears aren't playing? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm I know. It's going to take 20 minutes of, of our 60, right? Um, so if you have guys uh, on any of those teams, you want to look to replace them. Wait as long as you can, but don't wait too long. So let's get to the games. Thursday night, Giants-Patriots. Patriots seem unstoppable this year. They certainly have a weak schedule early on. They will confuse Daniel Jones, so he's a sit for me this week. And check the entry wires for the status of Wayne Gallman. Uh, we went out, he went out with an injury. Saquon Barkley could return. That's still iffy. Probably not because of the short week. Uh, the guy I would look seriously at is Jonathan Hilleman at running back. Of course, uh, tight end Ingram is the start. Sterling Shepard is if he's good to go. And on the Patriots side, Brady, Edelman, and White I think are all good starts. Josh Gordon looks good as well if Philip Dorsett remains injured. I, I happen to like Daniel Jones in this. I mean, it's on paper, you know, he's a rookie. But at the same time, He's got skills, and the, yes, the Patriots seem to be winning defensive battles or winning defensively, but I think Daniel Jones, you know, think about it. He looks, he throws the ball on time. He doesn't hold the ball. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't, and he's coming off his poorest performance so far right. this year. So I think he's got a chance to do some good things, and if they do get down, they're going to be throwing the ball, True. trying to catch up. So I... Yeah. I don't you think, though, that Belichick's going to throw some confusing stuff in for uh, against the rookie and some new looks and wrinkles? I don't know. I mean, I I kind of think that Bill Belichick, he doesn't do a lot of things defensively to confuse you. He just They, they pick the things that they're going to do well, and they just stick to those. And they make you beat them consistently down the field. They're not going to give up big plays. You're going to have to work the ball down the field. That's the question. Can Daniel Jones do that? Given that you can't have penalties, you can't turn the ball over, you can't take minus plays, 
you know, on, if you hand the ball off, you can't lose two yards. So they're just going to have to play consistently. So anyway, I, I like Daniel Jones, um, you know, and, and I like the, the Patriots. And who you listed there, the Patriots don't have a ton of weapons offensively. They, they're not winning by Brady throwing the ball all over the field to, you know, one particular receiver. Uh, so they're spreading the ball around and, and doing what they can to win games. And that's why offensively I think there's not a lot of options for the Patriots in fantasy football anyway. Okay. Panthers-Bucks, uh, hard to figure these two teams. Is Jameis Winston the same guy who beat the Rams? He could be, and uh, he looks like a decent start. I'm not sold on any of the running backs in Tampa this week as it looks like Barber and Jones are splitting more time. Uh, you'll start Chris Godwin, and uh, even after being shut out last week, you might want to start Mike, Mike Evans. And the Panthers, well, the side of the ball, keep an eye on McCaffrey's injury. If he if he's uh, okay, obviously he's a go. Uh, Reggie Bonifant, as we mentioned, is a start in my book. Uh, if uh, McCaffrey isn't, I pretty much like anyone on this team offensively at this point. I would say that's probably true. However, the reason I would go against anybody on the Bucks offensively, including Jameis Winston, is the Panthers' defense. They are solid. So, whereas the Rams, okay, Jameis Winston did carve them up. And as I told you, there's two or three games a year. That's Jameis Winston's going to show up like that. But then there's going to be five, four times as many games where he doesn't show up at all. And I think this is going to be one of those games. Redskins, Dolphins, ugly game of the week. Hard to like any Redskins, especially if it's Colt McCoy at quarterback, uh, he of the six sacks. Uh, McLaurin is an option, and take a look at Steven Sims, but I'd be hesitant to start him. The quarterback situation, awful, so it's just a no-go there. Dolphins, after the bye week, don't look much better, but I'm liking Kenyon Drake this week against the Skins, and even Josh Rosen. Uh, somebody has to win, right? Uh, the question here is, what will this team look like under a new coach now that Jay Gruden has been fired after six terrible seasons? And I, I guess I have to ask from a player perspective, what did this do to the locker room? Obviously, 0-5, it's pretty demoralized anyway. Now you start with a new coach, maybe a new different system or slightly different so system. Here, no. So here's the ironic scenario to this exact system mm-hmm. of another Gruden getting fired and then being replaced by Bill Callahan. Guess who was the previous Gruden that left? The Josh. Raiders. And Bill Callahan and went to Tampa Bay, player. and yeah. Bill Callahan took over as the coach. Ah, I, I, a lot of irony there. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that it's, the system's not going to change. Bill Callahan's familiar with the West Coast offense. This was the basis of John Gruden's and Jay Gruden's offense. So, yeah, I think that uh, both of these teams' morale standpoint from within the locker room, they're both down. They're down now. They were down to start the year. They're going to be down at the end of the year. Who wins this game? I have no idea. But I don't think, in my book, Josh Rosen is not the star here. He has looked shaky from the moment he got to, to Miami throughout the preseason. Now that he's going to be playing, he's going to look shaky now. Um, it, this is a, a stay away from all teams, both teams, all players on both sides of the ball for me. I'm pretty much on the on the <laughs> same side with you. I, I, I like the fact that like I said, somebody has to win here. and But as you said in your first thing, it's going to be winning ugly. <laughs> yeah. For whoever is. does win. That's true. That's true. Maybe 6-3, well, someone's going to win. Yeah. But 
you don't want to be holding either one of those teams in fantasy football. All right. Well, you sold me on that one. Eagles Vikings, different story here. I like both these teams, and if it's <laughs> and if Stephon Diggs turned to shine to start him, uh, Thielen. If our math is well, right, well, now Stephon Diggs is a squeaky wheel. Yeah, right? exactly. Because uh, we we've been talking flip flop weeks, but Diggs off the field issues and being fine for speaking out may cause some problems here. Um, but you know, in well, the modern- Thielen got not only an apology publicly from Kirk Cousins, he then delivered with a couple touchdowns and over hundred yeah, yards. Day. I mean, I I think this was probably Cousins' best day this year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, uh, Following the Bears' loss, which I told you, just because the Vikings did not look good against the Bears, they're still going to look good mm-hmm. the rest of, throughout the year. And, and I do at agree. Different, uh, in different games. So it's the modern NFL. I'm saying this week you sit Cousins, and I'm not sure about Wentz. Uh, he's a coin flip for me this week. I like Jordan Howard uh, here against the Vikings and both Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Dalvin Cook for the Vikes and uh, Missy Johnson, who, uh, like we said, out-targeted Diggs last week. He may be worth a look. Well, I I look at it. Okay, so if let's go back now to the Eagles. Carson Wentz. Yes, I did say start him over Deshaun Watson last week. I still think Carson Wentz has got his better games, fantasy football-wise and otherwise, ahead of him this year. Um, I think the Vikings defensively are a good team, but that's not going to steer me away from starting Wentz. And as you said, this would be a good week for Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. Well, guess who they're going to be getting the ball delivered from? And as you said, Jordan Howard, I think, also will have a good game. And, um, you know, I I like... uh, Dalvin Cook really in every game, as I said, unless it's against the Bears. So, and I like both teams. I think their offense. I like the offensive matchup in this game for both sides. Do you really? I do. Yep. I, I, you know, it, it's it's kind of a. I, I look at this. Both game, of these teams are it, high scoring. I was going to say this. This could be a very high scoring game, and there's something in me that says they're both going to go flat. And I think it's the defenses. And I, I mean, the Eagles just played incredibly well last week. Of course, look who they played. Um, and the Vikings are, generally speaking, a tough defense. And that, that's where I, I'm, I'm kind of at a, a toss-up on this one. I, I like the offensive players in a normal week. I'm not so sure I like them against each other. Well, as you, as you said, we'll be doing this next Tuesday. You so got we'll, it. we'll get back and figure it out. Texans-Chiefs. Chiefs-Texans. Matchup of the Best two of the top young right quarterbacks in the league. The last time this happened, Patrick Mahomes outdueled Lamar Jackson. Now it's Deshaun Watson who's coming off a monster day. Uh, the Chiefs will bring him back down a little bit, but I mm. expect a really good day uh, nonetheless, and the same with Mahomes. Uh, keep an eye on uh, D- the duo of D. Williams, uh, the running backs in KC for injury listings. Also keep an eye on Sammy Watkins' injuries, and as we mentioned, Pringle might be a good play here. Will Fuller, definite start for the Texans to match up with DeAndre Hopkins. I also like Duke Johnson here as a flex play. Carlos Hyde, to me, is a start as well. Well, okay, so let's start with the, the Chiefs-Texans. Just in general, This you have to think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes, even though he had an off week last week, did he have a touchdown pass? Yes. Okay, okay. well, he still threw for 320-something right. yards. So um, I think this is going to be, as you mentioned, a duel of two very uh, high-scoring offenses and uh, very effective quarterbacks. And um, I – as you said, keep an eye on Sammy Watkins. He's not going to be playing. With the hamstring injury, the reason he re-aggravated it the first time is he didn't stay out the appropriate six, seven weeks the first time. So if he's not going to – I don't think he's going to be back playing in this game. 
But I do think there's a lot of other great options. As we just mentioned, Wolf Fuller had a great game last week. You figure he and DeAndre Hopkins are both going to be solid this week. And I think all the players on the Chiefs are always good options mm-hmm. offensively. And well, I, Especially the wide receivers this week. If Sammy Watkins is out, then, you know, those guys get elevated. You got it. You got it. So and Kelsey, I, too. So. Right. So I, I think there's great if you've got all the offensive players or any offensive players on either one of these teams this week, this is a great, this is going to be a high scoring game. When I think of this game playing, it's almost, it reminds me of the chiefs playing the Rams last week, Mm -hmm. two high scoring offenses. Neither one of them have, uh, or had at that time, great, uh, potent defenses. I think of them both the same as far as the chiefs and Texans go this year. They're both solid defensively. Both I think have been, have picked things up defensively over last year, but on, not enough to slow down either offense. All right, Saints-Jaguars. I'm finally buying into the Teddy Bridgewater thing. Thank you. And I expect good number. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, against the Jags, uh, along with Michael Thomas and Kamara. Uh, I am liking D.J. Clark, even Fournette again, uh, after his 100-yard day. Now, he's gone from 200 to 100. Will he go to 50 now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm he's just, scoring uh, touchdowns. Yeah, well, he did. He scored. And, and you know, uh, I'm not I'm not sold on Minshew against the Saints. D.D. Westbrook, I think, is a good flex option as well. Uh, but I, I really do. Um, I think Fournette's come back. Uh, um, maybe it's just the way they're using him. I, I, I don't know what it is. but And I don't expect him to be a 100-yard guy every game. I, I, I really don't. Uh, and I, if he gets 60 this week with a touchdown, again, like I said last week, mm-hmm. that's a great day. Yeah. That's, that's what he needs. I, that, that's a serviceable day for him. And, and I agree with you. I, I'm more of a believer now in Fournette, fantasy football-wise, than I was at the beginning of the year. I remember you were down on him. I was. But now he's had two solid, very solid games back-to-back. So I don't really, I don't see a reason that would taper off. They are playing a good Saints defense, I will say that, who did shut down the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. But I think Gordon uh, Gardner Minshew is so resourceful, and uh, he seems to deliver the ball on time accurately. He reads defense as well. The Saints don't do anything uh, from a... Um, scheme-wise, that is so complex he can't figure it out. Mm. So I think he's going to still be an effective player fantasy football-wise. He's still got good options around him. As you mentioned, Didi Westbrook had a good game last week, which I think he can build on going forward. So I, I, I like this matchup. I love all the Saints players. Bridgewater apparently has got things figured out and probably has all of these weeks he's been starting now. It's just now that they're starting to open things up for him a little bit more play calling wise. I expect to see him a lot of activity on him in the waiver war because even though he's had these good weeks, he's still been not the hot Held guy in the waiver war. Yeah. yeah, people just kind of waiting for him to fall, and he hasn't. So, Seahawks Browns. Everyone on the Seahawks solid start this week. The Browns continue to frustrate. I wouldn't start Baker Mayfield over almost anyone on at all. You know, I, think I would start you over Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Well, I, I, <laughs> I start you the, over Baker Mayfield today. <laughs> I couldn't pass a physical. You probably. <laughs> We could. <laughs> no, and I don't think so. since the beginning of last year, I just heard this last night watching the game with the Browns and 49ers that since the beginning of last year, guess who the quarterback in the NFL is who's thrown the most interceptions up to this point? Yeah, it's 21 going into last night. Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. You know, and his ineptness has killed any chance of Beckham performing at the top of his game. Uh, Chubb's good. Landry seems to get the targets. Uh, so it, it, I might start him. But, you know, Beckham has dropped down to a wide receiver. Two, you know, and but you see some of the throws that are being 
made to him. Yeah. They're high. They're behind him. They're low and out in front. They're just... I mean, they, they've had to use... I mean, he's obviously playing de- um, uh, the decoy because he's getting double teamed all the time, which opens it up for Landry, which is what I was talking about. Uh, but there were three or four throws last night. Uh, well, maybe not three or four. There was at least two that I saw that, like you mentioned, high, way out of line, um, you know. And maybe, maybe a six-foot quarterback... With, with Don't even Baker, go there. Baker, Baker. <laughs> the best quarter, the best passer on their team, might be Odell Beckham. I was going to say, yeah. They started the game out with him on a, what started out to look like a reverse, then was a reverse on the reverse, which then turned into a pass, right. which he hit hit uh, Landry in stride with, perfect, yeah. twenty yard gain, first down. Plus, he had a couple of jet sweeps, and it was really yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, but he's again, a talented guy. You know, it's just you got to get him the ball. Yeah. So, Bengals Ravens. Uh, Bengals really bad. Uh, Ravens uh, looking better despite the OT tough win and fight against the Steeler defense. Lamar Jackson should have a much better day, so I'd start him. Uh, rest of the offensive guys will do especially well if Jackson is solid. Uh, Bengals uh, looks like Mixon may be on the rise, so he's good to go. And Andy Dalton looks okay this week if you must. Yeah, I'm I'm back. Okay, so the Bengals did have an off week against your Steelers, and I. Uh, you know, I thought the Bengals, uh, or sorry, the Ravens would do better than that. But uh, I'm back on them again now. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to be back doing what he did throughout the first four or five weeks of, or three, four weeks of the season. And um, and I think which opens up their entire offense. And this is a d- division game, too. So it's, you know, this is they have more incentive for this one. Too. Yeah, no so. doubt. No doubt. And I think the Bengals are, you know, as you said, okay, Mixon's had a one-game, I wouldn't even call it a breakout, but right. he did well. Well enough, I think, to consider him, but the Ravens got a good defense at the same time. Dalton could be okay to play, but I don't know, man. They look Their offensive line looks so inept to me that I think Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than what he's getting to display so far this year. He needs to be on another team. That could be. That might happen. Yeah. Uh, the way they're playing now, yeah. San Francisco and the Rams. Tough divisional battle. Rams coming off a big loss, second in a row, but Goff and the receivers are good. I'd be careful about Woods, who is not getting the looks so like the other two. Brown and Gurley should be fine, too, but Brown isn't getting the playing time right now. Believe it or not, he had one carry against Seattle, only had three total snaps. Uh, not good, uh, to be honest, and at this point, to be really honest, uh, only a keeper in deep leagues to uh, back up Gurley in case of an injury. Uh, the Niners look really good. Uh, defenses show me they are for real. Garoppolo looked decent, and the running game was solid, although for fantasy, the running backs are really touchdown dependent. So while Breida and Coleman were good, it's hard to move them into more than a flex play. Uh, none of the big three are getting a lot of reps. Kittle's a solid play. Goodwin is uh, worth playing as well. Jeff Wilson is a guy you should just drop. He huh. has now become the fourth running back. I mean, he was He was not even an active player, and he wasn't hurt. He was a non-active player on Monday night. So if you have him, drop him. If you want him sometime later, pick him up. You'll be able to do that. I think this is the game that nobody saw coming as what was going to be oh, a really yeah, good game to, be, to begin the season. First which, of the two meetings. Yeah. So I think this has the potential to be one of the better games so far. What are we, four or five weeks into the season now. And San Francisco, I think, has surprised everybody. The Rams have surprised a number of people in not being as good as what people thought they were going to be. And I think this is about the time where the, the Rams, who have kind of scaled back 
some of the production or scaled back some of the opportunities that they've given to Gurley, I think uh, uh, that the offense now starts to get pointed more in Gurley's direction because, okay, maybe his knee wasn't at the end of the season last year. Maybe that did hold him back a bit. Cooper Cup's absence definitely held them back at the end of last year. And I think now with both of those guys healthy, the pressure is now squarely on the Rams against the 49ers that I didn't see at this point no, coming. No, so I uh, think this could be a breakout game for guys like Robert Woods, you know, to all of a sudden now start to become more of a producer in that offense. He's got to break out at some point, you know, and like you mentioned earlier, you just can't keep a good receiver like that down. You can't. You know, I and mean, we're if, talking I, about if I have Robert Woods, okay, I'm playing him this week mm-hmm. because I'm not going to wait for him after the fact. This is the very type of game he could break out in, so I'm definitely going to start him. Good. Uh, Falcons and Cardinals, this could be very interesting. Uh, Kyler Murray went strong, as did Matt Ryan, but Murray played the Bengals, and while he was strong, he wasn't strong enough against Cincinnati. Uh, the Falcons are not a super defense, so repeat is not out of the question, but uh, don't bet on it. So I would uh, not have a problem starting anyone on either team here this week, but uh, I would keep an eye on David Johnson's injuries. Yeah, I, you know, to start the season, I thought, ugh, Kyler Murray paired up with a rookie head coach um, is not going to be a great recipe. Yet, Kyler Murray looked good last week, and as you said, this is a different defense, but the Falcons aren't that great on defense and have given up big games defensively to other uh, quarterbacks and other offenses throughout the season. So I think Kyler Murray is a good play this week, and I and I think, of course, Matt Ryan and the whole offense there with Julio Jones and Calvin who, Ridley came back. Calvin last week. Ridley had a solid week, so I think the running game for the Falcons is not where I would hope it would be at this point. But passing the ball, they're solid. You know, and if you need a, a receiver like a flex play uh, for this week, take a look at Sanu. He's available in a lot of. No, he's catching five passes a game, 50, 60, 70 yards, an occasional touchdown. Thanks for bringing that up again. I know. On a, on a, way, on a game where I said don't start him, he goes off. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys Jets Eagles defense against the Jets picked off two passes scored two touchdowns had a fumble recovery and sacked Jets quarterbacks 10 times well holding them to six points well the Eagles didn't need an offense in this game uh, the Cowboys are not the Eagles but they too are taking on what happens to be the hapless Jets and we expect big things here from all Dallas players just hope it doesn't get out of hand early and the starters end up resting on the bench the only Jet we're starting here is Le'Veon Bell and mainly because of his receiving abilities not because of his running because he's not doing that much he didn't get much last week but it was worth about 15 fantasy points well if there's ever a game for Ezekiel Elliott to show up in it's this one so he's now the highest paid guy in the league. He held out for the contract. He got the contract. He's been nowhere this year. So it's time for him to step up. And I think, you know, so far this has been Dak Prescott's team. It's been his year. He's an MVP candidate. Um, he still doesn't have a contract. The numbers of his contract are going up by the day as long as he doesn't have one. <laughs> but more, it, he's going to get more than 124, right? No doubt. <laughs> and so, but this is going to be, this has the potential to be an enormous blowout in favor of the Cowboys. So, as I said, yes, it's a good week to start them all. Mari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, but that's the guy that's got to step up in my book. Hey, you know, it's interesting. The one point I made here is that when you have a game like this, you have to start these guys. There's no way you can't. 
And you just hope that the game is not a total blowout by halftime. You brought up a good point with yeah, that. Yeah, because they're going to rest the, their starters. And, you know, it's 30 to nothing by halftime. You, you could be seeing Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper and guys on the bench. It's like, we're okay. I need more points, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Titans, Broncos. Yeah. Broncos look alive this Apparently week. Apparently, they don't consult no, you know, no, with not fantasy with football no, owners no. when they're deciding whether to sit a guy or not <laughs> in the second half. No, don't, don't sit. Uh, so, Broncos uh, and, and the Titans. Like we said, the Broncos did look alive this week. The Titans slipped back again. Uh, Derrick Henry is worth a shot. Uh, Philip Lindsay is a go for the Broncos, as is Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I think about the Titans and, and Marcus Mariota, he's – he has surprised me this year at being better than what I thought he could be. But last week, he also showed up as the guy that I've come accustomed to seeing in that he was not and did not come through at times in the game where he had to come through. And then as a team that relies on field goals to win games, they had a kicker that missed four of them. So, I yeah, I, tough to deal with that production or lack of with the Titans and again with the Broncos as you said Philip Lindsay every week is going to be a great play for me and Cortland Sutton I think is a fantastic uh, you know uh, talent on the rise uh, Steelers, Chargers, uh, Steelers. You want to see a grown man cry? <laughs> Unless it's yeah. Other than me, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't uh, since it's been me so far, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Uh, wow. Uh, to lose on a great fluky defensive play in overtime is really tough. Now at one and four, I hope this team is not done, but it's going to be tough. Uh, defense is a definite start here on Sunday night as our uh, Smith, Schuster, and Connor. Uh, the rest depends on who you trust at quarterback. Hodges is likely to play. He's okay. He'll. Go Going to play. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, we haven't seen the official on it, but I think you're right. I, I, I'm, I'm trusting that it's going to be Hodges. And, you know, he's going to run a controlled offense. They're not going to give him a whole lot of changes. Uh, Connor's good because of that. Uh, Rudolph uh, did show up at the facility on Monday, as we mentioned, greeting his teammates. But, uh, you know, need to keep an eye on this one. And Jalen Samuels, as we mentioned, is out uh, for four weeks. He's Connor's backup. Uh, we talked about him a couple weeks ago being a, a good pickup. Uh, he's out. He had his knee scoped. And so the Wildcat, uh, since he could throw the ball as well. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to happen. Uh, Chargers. And not th- tremendously effective as the, as the Wildcat quarterback throwing the ball, though. Yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing was, you know, um, I watched uh, Tomlin's news conference afterwards, and I haven't seen him that upset uh, at questions and, in a long time. And he was just really uh, on it. Um, and they ask about the wild card. And I'm going to throw this out at you uh, if there's something going on here. Uh, one of the reporters asked, you abandoned the wild card early. And he snapped in just like that saying, it's gimmicky. We didn't use, plan to use it very much at all. You know, move on, move on. It's too gimmicky. I'd like to have the, uh, the turnover back. And he was really down on it, like dismissing it. Like, I got the impression that he and Randy Fickner may have been on the, not on the same page as maybe the offensive coordinator wanted to run it more. Conlon didn't. And um, then, of course, the rumor right away when Washington job opened up Tomlin to the Washington Redskins. You know, um, I'm wondering, what do you see something there? I mean, give me your insights here as to, you know, from what may, ha- may be happening. I, okay, so you're the Steeler guy. I'm not. I would say, though, in over the years watching Tomlin, and and, um, I think he is so, I think he feels so fortunate to be given the head coaching position there in Pittsburgh. Um, 
and which is where the the Rooney Rule began, right. or or were were ushered into this NFL, the Rooney Rule came from Pittsburgh. Right. So and he was the recipient of that, and I think he's now won a couple of Super Bowls there, and I don't see him going anywhere. If there's some tension or some discord between he and Randy Finchner, I don't know that to be true. But, uh, you know, bickering and the fact that some coaches don't always get along or the head coach doesn't always get along with some of his coordinators is not new. It's You can still win, if that being the case. And I don't see any, any big changes because Pittsburgh's had enough. They've lost now two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. In a season, uh, and the season's what four games old. So I, I think that uh, you know the Steelers, they, they nothing radical happens in Pittsburgh ever. Mm-hmm. You know they've had how many head coaches in the three. history of the team? Yeah. So uh, well, three since no. Three since no. Who? So I I don't know. I see it's a stable organization. I don't think anything big changes are going to come out of there. You know, look, looking back, I mean, uh, Ditka and Buddy Ryan didn't get along at all, and uh, they uh, won a huge Super Bowl. <laughs> the only one. Yeah. The Bears have ever won. <laughs> On the other side of the ball, Chargers, not. Uh, it, it's hard not to like Phillip Rivers, even here against the Steeler defense, but uh, be a bit cautious. I'd say any of the big three here are at least a flex play. That's Eckler, Gordon, and Keenan Allen. Uh, Eckler and Gordon, because we just don't know what's happening there as far as who's running the ball or what right. kind of snaps we're getting and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, otherwise, I mean, if if you, those guys were all on different teams, we'd be saying, yeah, start a, uh, uh, it's a lock. But mm-hmm. now uh, we're getting this uh, dual thing. And uh, Keenan Allen, uh, I think, is uh, is a definite start, at least as a flex. Yeah, and I, you know, you mentioned Phillip Rivers, and I he's probably, to me, the, well, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, obviously, uh, but he is probably the best quarterback at playing an ugly style yet finishing the game with tremendous fantasy value. Yeah. Right? And so Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler every game this year has been fantastic. So if you're not going to start Melvin Gordon, I probably wouldn't. I would definitely start the other two, including Phillip Rivers. Monday night, Lions-Packers. Boy, Lions coming off a bye week. Uh, will be well-rested. We like them here in a tough divisional game. Matt Stafford is a solid play. As are Galladay, Hawkinson, uh, Marvin Jones, as well as Amendola. Hawkinson has had concussion issues, so keep a lookout for that on, on the uh, injury wires. The Packers are solid as well, even if the defense uh, here is worth a start. In fact, both defenses, we expect this mm-hmm. to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Aaron Jones was a beast, both receiving and rushing. Uh, with him, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I... I'm just looking at this game, and, and well, both these teams can score a lot of points. I don't know it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I, I think it's probably you know, one of those games at 21-17 or less. Well, again, this is another matchup that are you've got two of the better defenses in the league. Now, no one, I mean, I won't say no one. I thought the Lions would be better, and because they'd already shown through the last half of last season that they were a tremendous defense. But the Packers, I think, have surprised everybody defensively, and uh, me included. So, and you've got now the Packers are starting to wake up as of last week offensively. The Lions have been solid all year long. They really could be and probably should be 4-0. They should have beaten the Chiefs 
or at least had a, a, a great chance to do that. So I think you're right. I think this could be, it's not going to be, I don't think, a high-scoring game, but I think both offenses can show or have shown that they can be effective and efficient, not turn the ball over, not make big mistakes, but yet at the end of the game, as you said, it might not be high-scoring, high, high uh, which sort of goes, okay, well, then who's going to get fantasy points right. offensively in this game? And you mentioned Aaron Jones. I think that's solid. Amendola's solid. Both quarterbacks could be solid. Hawkinson's a, an interesting one uh, if he plays. Um, and we, we've, we've talked about him several of the weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we're both high on him. Yeah. I have to admit that. And uh, it's just uh, – I don't know um, whether Matt Stafford just isn't throwing to him because he's not open or, or what the deal is. But um, do you expect him to – come up and uh, you know get more targets this yeah, week if would, he plays? I would think so. I mean, remember last the last game they played, he got thrown a touchdown, yet his pinky toe was out. Right, so he got called back. So, you know, he's going to be – he's like a George Kittle. You know, he's athletic. He can block. He can be a big part of this offense. Remember, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. So – uh, there's a saying in that in the NFL, even as for or especially for rookies, by the halfway point in the season, they're no longer a rookie. Right. You know, if they've had enough experience and developed enough where he can become an integral part and a key part of that offense. So I think this is a game that potentially he could come out in, but I would I would sort of save that for when they have a better matchup defensively. Now, I want to bring up one other thing, and I want to go back into your uh, teaching of kids and stuff uh, here, because um, I think everybody has seen at least a hundred times the um, Christian McCaffrey flip, where he went, he hurdled somebody in the uh, into the end zone, did a total flip, landed on his back, came up okay, everything was fine, but he could have been paralyzed if he'd landed mm-hmm. on his head. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things, you know. And when I was growing up. We were. I remember one thing we were taught when playing football or any sport, but especially football, never leave your feet. And you know, if when you could leave, only bad things can happen. You know, uh, more more bad things. Can Sometimes, happen. Yeah, bad things more bad can things happen. can happen yeah. than than good things. Uh, you know, you make the play successful, that's fine. But there's all possible injuries, there's possible head injuries, or all, all sorts of things can mm-hmm. happen. So I got to ask you, when you're teaching kids. Was that something that you dealt with? Never came up. Really? Mm-mm, never. And uh, we were primarily focused, pretty exclusively focused, on the fundamentals of the game and getting them put into a system of offense. Like, we had a playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had to study this throughout the week. We would show up on Sundays and have one-on-one and seven-on-seven. But we'd been working on that throughout the week in individual sessions. And we'd come, we'd film what we did. We'd come back on a Wednesday afternoon or evening and watch the film of that thing, and we'd watch pro film. And so, I that itself never came up as far as hurdling players. But think back 20 years, even when I played, which was in mostly the late 80s and throughout the 90s, I don't remember a, I don't remember one guy hurdling another player. Mm-hmm. And now it happens. Every now week. it's every multiple times mm-hmm. every week. So I think guys have gotten more athletic, and it's typically what happens, it's the bigger type of receivers or tight ends that there's a 5, 10, 200-pound safety that's about to take on a six foot five or higher, taller, 260, 70-pound tight end, 
possibly a 230-pound receiver. They're going to go low. And the players can feel that that's going to happen. So it's really just an extension of that where you hop over the guy that's going low rather than take have him take your knees out. You go right over the top of him. And we see more of that, too, because it doesn't seem like tackling is what it used to be. I watched Jack Ham tackle people back in the 70s, and it was amazing. There were tackles. Right. And now it's, I'm going to hit the guy, knock him out of bounds. I'm going to knock him off balance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take him out low. Uh, it's or, physics, though. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's guys that are... The playing DB at safety or cornerback that are in the, you know, 180-pound, 200-pound range that are taking on a full, you know, fast-moving target that's looking the other way, right? Catching the ball, looking the other way and running across the field. And about the time he takes a step or two, you're going to go low and take him out. So if you, ha- if you can react in time, the guy that's coming across the field catching that ball knows this is a possibility that's going to happen. As he catches it and turns the face up field, whoop, there's a DB going low, so he steps right over. All right, there you have it. This week's Fantasy Football Podcast with uh, join us each coming Tuesday and look at the uh, upcoming NFL games. You can find us on radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, and wherever you get your podcasts. Easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website, kramerandbrill.com, and the podcasts are listed on the podcast page, or you can find them by clicking at the top of the homepage. Just check it out, kramerandbrill.com. You can reach us, by the way, on the contact page. And By the way, if you wish to submit any questions about uh, your team, uh, we'll answer it here on the air. Uh, just ask the uh, questions before Tuesday morning. Get the email to us. This podcast is property of Brill Productions, and any unauthorized use, such as charging for its contents, is strictly prohibited. We do encourage you to share the podcast, however, for free. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. Join us next time for Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. <laughs>